Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Q&A Podcast, episode 20. It's a milestone for us, sort of. My name is Anthony, sitting right across from me as always is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey guys, sorry we left y'all for so long without a podcast. But we did so many football podcasts, so many <laughs> episodes in a span of like three days that it was just, it was exhausting. I told you you weren't going to get that kind of content from us again, and I, yeah. I wasn't lying to you. <laughs> Man, I I'm still trying to recover from all that that football talk. Okay. Um, but today <clears throat> we're uh, we're going in a, another direction. We're, we're talking, bringing it back to baseball uh, as the season is winding down. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's been an interesting year for the Astros. Um, they have gotten better. Essentially, I mean, just by their record alone, they've gotten better. Um, and really, the biggest, the, the brightest spot of this entire season. Um, is probably has to be Jose Altuve. Yes, the five foot five second baseman. Um, as we record this podcast, he just got a hit tonight against the Rangers, so he's up to two hundred and twenty-two hits for the season. Just ridiculous. Just racing past Craig Biggio's old record of two ten. That work? Yeah, two ten. And um, we're here basically. We're just going <laughs> to talk about Altuve, what he means to the Astros, and how great he's been this year. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, he's he's already broken the the single season hit record for the for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's broken the modern day record uh, by a second baseman, I believe. Right? Yes, and so, has the most hits in a season for a Venezuelan as well. Right, right. <clears throat> All kinds of records being broken. Yeah, he's probably not going to reach Ichiro <laughs> this season. But... <laughs> not unless he amasses forty <laughs> hits in the next oh, I don't know five four <laughs> games. But that would be something. Uh, but still, I mean, it, it's not just, and it's not even the hits, really. I mean, well, kind. I mean, kind of, because he's also leading the league in batting average, the majors, I believe, right? Uh, for sure, the American League. I have to check. Yeah, and um, yeah, he is leading the majors. Yeah, because the yeah, I mean, he's like at what three forty four going into the game tonight. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> so leads the league in. in Batting and hits uh, is near the top in baseball in stolen bases. Leads the American League, I believe he's second in all in all of baseball behind. I want to say Billy Hamilton. It's either Hamilton oh, or D Gordon. Or D Gordon. I think he it goes Hamilton, Altuve, then Gordon somewhere yeah. in that order. Uh, and then the last time I checked, he had over forty doubles. Yes, which is incredible. But, you know, those 221-plus hits have to come somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> why not a, a whole mess of doubles? This has just been an, an incredible season for this guy. Uh, a guy who I think I'd most be... fans were projecting to be the kind of guy that would hit for a high, or for a, at least a 300 average. Yeah, somewhere around 300, 290, something around that. Did not yeah. see, I would be the first to admit that I did not see this kind of season coming from Jose too. Yeah, I mean... By the All Star break, I, I was looking at the numbers at you know at the All Star break, and I thought this guy has a good chance of, of getting 200 hits. And then as the All Star break got closer, we we talked about it I think off air a couple mm-hmm. of times mm-hmm. how many um, uh, or how many hit, uh, how many hits do you think he's going to finish the season with? And we both said, well, he's got a good chance to get 200. He might get 205. 
I think off record we put the over under like two sixteen, two seventeen, something like that. We and both went over. He's, I mean, he's well over it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just impressive how he's just doing it all for this team, uh, and has effectively continued a tradition of great second baseman. It seems at this point. Yeah, I mean that you have to go there. By now. Yeah, that's very true. He could he's the next um Astral legend as far as I'm concerned. He could be the guy that's in the Astral uniform for fifteen, twenty years and, you know, get twenty eight hundred hits, something like that, make a borderline case for a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean he I know it's early, considering it's only what, this is the third year in his career? His uh his fourth, I believe. Fourth? Okay, yeah. I'll go with Third you. or fourth. But I mean, and look at the numbers. He doesn't strike out a lot. You know, like 5% of the time he strikes out. Yeah, so there's a lot of plate discipline. He doesn't walk either. No, he, he doesn't He either. walks like, I believe on fan grabs, he walks about 8.5% of the time. Okay, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, that's still higher than, than striking out, mm-hmm. his strikeout rate. So uh, the the potential for him to to just keep, you know, knocking in, you know, or just getting base hits, collecting base hits, collecting doubles, uh, the way he's doing, I mean, he's he's on on pace, man, for being a, a great all time Astro hitter. Yeah, it's getting to the point to where I get shocked when he doesn't get a hit. Yeah, it's at that point now. Uh, like you say, he'll either get a double or he'll hit a single and steal mm-hmm. and get on second base anyway. Um, what was I going to say? I mean, there was a lot. The only issue I have about Altuve is his defense. I can't tell you how many times I've seen like a ball go towards second base and either he'll die for it or he'll jump for it. He'll just <laughs> miss. And I keep thinking, if only you were two inches taller, you would have got that ball. <laughs> what do you, how do you think he's, he feels about that? I mean, come on. I'm pretty sure they go, oh, if only I was taller. He's probably like, oh, if only I reacted faster. <laughs> well, he'll tell that to the reporters. Oh, if only mm-hmm. I reacted faster. But I think... Sitting at home, sitting in the crib, he's like... I mean, the house, his house, not... <laughs> not in the actual crib. Not in the actual crib. He's saying, uh, I wish I were taller. But, hey, I mean, at the height he's at now, he's he's doing it all, so it doesn't really matter at this point. What's he, 5'5", five, 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 something like that? <laughs> I'm serious. Man, Pee Wee Reese territory. Yeah. Um, what else do you say about Jose Altuve? I mean, we're just give, over here giving him praise. He's without doubt the best Astros player and their MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they, they were talks of what there had been rumblings of of trading him yes. at one point last year. I wouldn't be surprised if those trade talks started up again. <laughs> you know, trade while he's at peak value. We've learned this from fantasy football and baseball. Was... But he's still he's still under a pretty friendly. Contract. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty four. Mm-hmm. This is this is not a situation where, oh well, we're we're we're, we're rebuilding and he's not going to be a part of that future. Or he, mm-hmm. he, you know, we don't see him being a part of that future. He is not even in his prime. Yeah, I was going to say when Astros start contending for the division, he'll be twenty six, twenty seven. Wait, he's what twenty four now? I'm sorry, yeah. he'll be twenty six, twenty seven. He'll just be entering his prime. Yeah. So the thought of him getting better is, is a little, yeah, I mean it's it should it's, put a little fear into all AL pitchers. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, a lot of excitement into Astro fans as a guy who can you know who can be a leader, who's going to be a leader, who is a leader for this team um, and for the years to come. Uh, now, do you think he should be a leadoff hitter, or, or do you do you like the two hole for him? I like 
uh, where he is now. I feel like um, who is it? Grossman. Grossman is he has a damn good uh hide, so he's able to you know discriminate between balls and strike. He's been able to get on base, being um hitting in front of Altuve, and you know like you said, Altuve hits a lot of doubles. If you have Grossman on first, usually a double should be able to. He's fast enough to come home off of a mm-hmm. double. Uh, I like it, uh, but I wouldn't have a problem if he moved up to first. First or second is where he belongs. No more of that put him in the three or the yeah. cleanup hitter. And I only bring that up because, I mean, when you talk about second baseman for the Astros, you talk about Craig Biggio, who led off for most of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of uh, shocking to to say that we, we, we can imagine someone following in those footsteps when – Craig Biggio, I mean, uh, you know, left huge shoes to fill for, for this team, Very uh, for that position in particular. Um, so to think that there's actually someone that is capable of uh, of filling those shoes to a, to a degree is pretty exciting. Oh, quick story. So I was at the game where Altuve broke Biggio's record, mm-hmm. and Biggio was sitting with Nolan Ryan um, in the Diamond Club. And for those of you who don't know, the Diamond Club is a section that's right behind home plate. And so Altuve uh, gets his hit. The camera focuses on uh, Biggio and Ryan, and you can see Biggio just sitting there clapping. And he has this look on his face, like, "Oh crap, I have to stand up now, don't I?" So he, <laughs> it's, it's like he begrudgingly stood. He the look on his face. I'm not sure if they show this on TV, but for a second there, it looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. Yeah, because it, he he knows that that's Altuve's moment, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. I mean, when, when uh, you've had a guy like that who was that good for so many years, an all-time great, mm-hmm. should have been first ballot Hall of Famer, um, when someone is showing signs of approaching your level of uh, of commitment to the team, of excellence, excellence on the field, yeah, I mean, those uh, those moments are going to happen where you know you definitely want to be somewhere anywhere else. Um, but that's that's just a, a testament to the class that he he displays, mm-hmm. um, recognizing that that it's not his his light, um, it, it's it's Altuve's uh, spotlight this time. Okay, very much so. Uh, I know I spoke about Altuve being the MVP of the Astros. Uh, where do you see him on MVP ballots as far as the national uh, American League goes? Well, for me, I mean, we have two very different answers on this, don't we? I we do, and yeah. I. Put him straight in the top five. Maybe I would probably say no higher than four. So between four and five. I have him in the top ten. The highest I would go is seven. It's and people are asking me why. It's because, like I said, defense is subpar. He's and he's also not giving you any power. He's going to hit a maximum yeah. of seven to eight home runs. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll never win the MVP with. With the power numbers that he has, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, Yopi seen... has one of those Dustin Pedroia years where he can hit like fifteen to twenty home runs and you know hit three thirty. That's the only way he's going to win MVP, right? Uh, and you know he was halfway there essentially this mm-hmm. for the, you know the year. Uh, but I mean, you have guys that that won the award when they weren't even on winning teams, uh, so I think it's possible for. A guy like Altuve to maybe not win it, but you know, get enough votes to to really open some eyes mm-hmm. uh, for 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 people that 
um, haven't necessarily recognized what a great season that you know he's having. More importantly, people who haven't paid attention to the Astros for the past four years. <laughs> right, right. So you know, it's um, he, he won't win it. Um, you know, for sure, uh, I'll, I'll call it. I don't think that's an obvious, but mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely. He definitely has to to finish in the top five in my mind. At mm-hmm. least. Yeah, let's not give out our um, MVP ballots. Sure, that's sure. going to be for our end of the year blowout celebration. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about all of the stuff we got wrong? Wait, we talk about celebration. Are we talking like uh, party hats and, and streamers and stuff, or hookers and blow? Oh yeah, don't tell my girlfriend. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is there to say? Uh, he's great. No, I, I mean, I man, I think it's uh, we've we've already kind of gone through a lot. I mean, I guess the only thing we can look at is maybe his uh, his progression going forward. Mm-hmm. We said earlier that he's not even in his prime; he's still, you know, three years from reaching his so you know quote unquote prime. Uh, prime. What do you see happening within those three years, you know, uh, God willing, good health and everything like that? Honestly, I could see another year like this where he hits 340, a handful of home runs, 50 RBIs, you know, maybe the stolen bases come down because you slow down as you get older. Mm -hmm. So possibly 45 to 50 stolen bases. But I think this is like his... His ceiling, his zenith. I don't see how he can get better than this. I don't like see him hitting like three seventy one year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think uh, you know uh, three hundred between three hundred and three thirty. Mm-hmm. Some something that you know. I know it's it's kind of unfair, but it's you kind of are going to start expecting that from now from here on out. You know, three hundred to three thirty uh, in that range. Um, Man, could he get 200 hits for the next three years? Do you think? I mean, it's tough. He could flirt with it. There'd probably be, you know, if he gets hurt or anything, it might be something where he gets like 175, 180 one year and then goes back up to 200. I could mm-hmm. see it happening because he's, he's so talented with the bat. He has great hand-eye coordination. Like we say, he doesn't strike out that much and he doesn't walk that much. So you know he puts the ball in the play. Right, and you have to take into account that you know, pitchers have to have to pitch to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't. You know, if you throw too high, it's obvious what you're doing, <laughs> and you really can't throw it too low, or else yeah. you you're taking the risk of of uh, wild pitches and pass balls occurring. Um, and you're and if you throw it too low, you know, there's, there's actually a better chance of him hitting it. I mean, he's it's just this whole being so close to the ground. I, I don't I don't like to make it close to the earth, right? That. Uh, it's got to make it that much tougher for pitchers to figure this guy out. Yeah, because that strike zone is small. Yeah. Because he's small. No offense, Jose. We love you. <laughs> um, wow, he's come a long way from a kid that the Astros were desperate not to sign when he came up in uh, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. The story is always, uh, he come to the practice field and the major league teams would, tell, would say, thanks for showing up, but... <laughs> no thanks, and he would just keep coming back the next day until someone said, "All right, fine, we'll sign you." That shows persistence, kids. They'll never give up. Absolutely, yeah. Hard work and persistence, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the makings of a of a top talent. 
And he's proven to be that so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about the Astros themselves. How do you feel about this team going forward to next year? And the way that they're set up, it looks like they can only go up from here at this point. Um, you're going to have a full season of Springer. You're going to have a full season of Singleton, who uh, hopefully will figure it out by then. We'll stop striking out as much. Right. Um, you have to hope that, that guys like Keichel and um, McHugh. And McHugh Aren't the type of, yeah, that the, they're not uh, these... One-year wonders? Well, yeah, but but when I think about it, I think about like Bud Norris, who had potential to have a really... had pretty good season, had a pretty good season, and like the next year he was really bad. I mean, he's just very inconsistent at, you know, each from year mm-hmm. to year. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta hope that, that these guys are, are able to put it together, that they're not the next, you know, Lucas Harrell. Actually, that's even... He who recent. shall not be named... <laughs> That's even more recent uh, than, than the Bud Norris progression. He who shall not be named. And, and really, they got to get that bullpen back together. I mean, yes. that was going into the season, that was the thing where everybody kind of knew that the, the offense seemed or, you know, had the, ma- was, had the makings of being kind of a decent. Well, decent and also kind of, you know, patchwork type offense with, you know. You brought in Jesus Guzman to, to be your, your starting first baseman, um, and just you know some other guys around you know around the diamond, <laughs> and uh, and you didn't have you know your your legitimate number one shortstop you know who's who's still uh, you know still developing, so the, the the offense had the makings of kind of a you know you know a patchwork uh, group, and the starting pitching you didn't really know you. The expectations weren't that high, especially be considering Scott Feldman was your, you know, just quote unquote number, number one, one starter. That's it. All yeah. we knew coming into the year was Feldman was was getting paid enough to be the number one. Right. You didn't know what to expect out of Cozart, who was no longer with the team. And the only thing that people, I think, at least what I thought, what I gathered was that most fans were excited about this bullpen. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird saying, but allow me to fall on my sword right now. I was one of the people who loved the signing of Jesse Crane. I thought he was going to be the asshole's closer and be lights out, and um, he will not be stepping on the field in 2014. You can, uh, you can, you know, take that one to the bank. Yeah, uh, that was on me. I was so excited. I thought he was short the pull, bullpen. Him and Matt Alberts, who also got hurt in, I believe, April. Right. Yes, both of them is a combined, what is that, 11 months of the season? Yeah. That's ridiculous to say out loud, but <laughs> especially when Alvarez was pitching so well, when he went out, he had an ERA under one and a half, whip of, I believe, uh, .9. He was, he was a dominant pitcher, and then he just got hurt and never came back. Right. I mean, coming into the offseason, or coming into the season, uh, it just on paper looked like the makings of a really good bullpen for a really bad team with Jesse Crane and Matt Albers and then Chad Qualls, who has been you know up and down up and down this year. Um, but I think he would have benefited even more having guys those other veterans um, mm-hmm. in the bullpen with him. 
and it, it didn't work out that way. Cost us a few games, a few, you know, uh, it, you know, def- definitely cost us uh, quite a few games. But mm-hmm. uh, it's still something that I think you can still turn around next year, and you just have to hope that Crane will come in, you know, healthy. And quality. If he's on the team. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Cause was it a one-year deal? Yeah, so? one-year deal. Okay. Well, then you can actually kind of probably uh, you know, not count on him being here. Uh, but still, the, the bullpen has been, uh, been pretty good this year. I mean, not not great. There's been some it's, standouts. It's been, it was a lot better than that dumpster fire we had uh, the year before. Right. That was literally – I am not being facetious, but that was the worst bullpen <laughs> In the history of man, yeah. So the so you you get you got you get rid of guys like Guzman and uh, Gonzalez, and you you know relegate him back to uh, your your bench your bench spot instead of your starting shortstop, and you bring back guys like Springer and Singleton to. Uh, you know, take on an entire season of uh, big league pitching. Uh, the it had this team has the makings of of taking a, a further step than I think most people were anticipating by this time. At this point in time, mm-hmm. going into uh, 2015, do you see them making any big free agent slash over the um, over the off season? At this point, I don't because I don't. I can't. There's really no one off the top of my head that um, you know that that comes to mind. I mean, you you know when uh, when an Alex Rodriguez is is reaching free agency, and you know when uh, you know uh, man. Well, you know we know when David Price is going to become a free agent. That's mm-hmm. not till that's not for another year. So the weirdest rumor I heard was them trying to chase after Matt Scherzer. I heard hundred. this on ESPN like uh, a month, a month and a half ago. So I was like, they, they cannot be serious. I can see the Cubs making that uh, decision, but definitely not the Astros. Considering that they're probably still two years away from contending in their division. And you have to think that the way the contracts are going now, we're kind of we're, we're kind of moved. We've kind of moved past the whole give a pitcher just one hundred and fifty million dollars. Over you know x amount of years, you know, with Kershaw and King Felix and those and guys like that, and you know, we're looking at Price and Scherzer uh, as guys that are going to be commanding two hundred million dollars for contract. Ooh, oh. uh, so it's going to be tough to it's it's tough imagining this team even. You know, reaching for the, the the checkbook in their back pocket, getting to the meeting, be able to sit on the table and take up the phone. Hey, I mean, we're pay you one hundred eighty million dollars over seven years. Wait, this phone call is costing me what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't see. I really don't see them doing anything. If anything, it's going to be more of a youth movement next year. Really, I mean, you just have to you have to hope that you've already got those kind of guys in your farm system with mm-hmm. Appel. And you know who has? You're hoping that a number one guy like that that you drafted uh, can become the next 200 million dollar type pitcher uh, because you're and not you going to be able to sign him for a discount, right? Because you're not going to be able to go out and sign 
Max Scherzer for you know seven years and two hundred million dollars. It's just not going to happen. This team is is not going to going to make that kind of splash. There's another question I wanted to ask you, but it is zoned out. Oh well, come back to it later if I remember. Um, let's talk about the in Park Stadium. You did not go to a game this year. Very uh, disappointed. Man, I, I completely explain yourself out. to the people. Explain yourself to the people. Um, I don't know. I needed. I think I just needed a full year to uh, decompress from working there for eight years. It was, man, a blast doing what I did over there. Um, which was nothing but continue. <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, I got paid for it. So um, I, I think I just needed a full year to just kind of get away from it and really just, you know, spend time uh, at home or elsewhere. Yeah. Disappointed. Judy kept asking for you. She kept on looking for you like a... A lost puppy looking for his master. Now she would text. She texted me once a month for a good six months, asking if <laughs> I decided to change my mind. Almost up to like opening day, I was getting text messages. It was awesome. It, it's great to know that you know people um, enjoy working with you and want you know would want you to stay um, with the group. Even but, after you betrayed them and <laughs> left them for dead. Yeah, but you know it was it was a. It was a change that I needed to make, um, and it, you know, it's allowed me to focus on on other things. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's allowed me to focus on this uh, this patchwork podcast that we're yeah. putting together. <laughs> you used the word patchwork three <laughs> times tonight. What is with you? Is that your new go-to word? It'll probably this will probably be the last time you'll hear me say that in person, uh, probably for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't see after today. I don't see myself. Going back to that word. Thanks. If you want to hear me say that word again, you can just you can download the the episode each day (laughs) until the end of the year. But who knows what 2015 holds? Let's get through the rest of 2014 before we start worrying about that. Right. All right. Back to the in park experience. You know, I have a lot of season ticket holders in my section, and I also talk to a lot of fans around the ballpark. And what I get from the fans is they're. They're getting excited about this team. There's more of a buzz around the stadium than there's been the past three years. It's just people just see Crane in the front office in such a negative light. And some that, some of those things aren't his fault, like the move to the American League. I know there are people who are mad about that. But there are some things that people blame him for that are kind of his fault, like the whole Comcast CSN debacle. Mm-hmm. I've gone two years without watching the Astros and the Rockets on uh, TV. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I've had, I had though one seat ticket holder for sure said that he, the reason he wasn't renewing his tickets for next year is because Crane's the owner. I know it's got to hurt his ego a little bit to know that people just dislike him that much. It hurt mine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's this ownership has gotten off to a tumultuous start. Mm-hmm. Um, this is there was no honeymoon period whatsoever for this guy. It was you know this guy took over and man we're gonna throw everything we can at him uh, to either disrupt his business or get him out of here. You know, it just um, especially the Houston Chronicle. I don't know what it is, but some of the writers on the Chronicle has just been taken. You know, uh, pitchforks 
through Crane and Luno and um, Reed Ryan for some reason. I just don't understand what it is. It's like they have a personal vendetta against them. Just because you do something different doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. I mean, look at the A's 10 years ago. They went sabermetrics heavy. Everybody's saying, oh, you can't win that way. Worried about on base percentage and all this stuff and ignoring bad average. And look where they are now. They're one of the premier franchises in the league right now. Just because you are doing something different than everybody else does doesn't mean that you deserve scoring. It just means you're trying to find uh, a um, an imbalance that you can take advantage of. And I feel like the Chronicle and some of the writers have, you know, looked at the Astros and called them arrogant. Well, when you have as many degrees as those people have, you can you can afford to be a little arrogant. Absolutely. But it's like we want to try something different and, you know, use the tandem starting in the minors and focus on on-base percentage and do the shifts and just see if that gives us an edge and – I don't understand what it is with the Houston Chronicle. They just keep taking shots at these guys. And I tell you, you're a uh, you're few bleeped out curse words away from uh, going all Bill Simmons on these, <laughs> on these uh, mothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not go there. There's a rant right there. There's, uh, Hashtag free Simmons. Hashtag free Bill Simmons. But it's, like I said, it's ridiculous how if you try something different in the sport, you get sh- shamed and shunned. It's like if we don't try something different, then we're just, just follow along with everybody else. We're not trying to, you know, find those market inequalities and you know, make ourselves better faster. You can't. You really can't win at this point because before Jim Crane took over, all the complaints were, "Man, we threw all this money at these old guys. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get anything out of these guys. We threw a hundred million dollars to Carlos, big fat Carlos Lee." Uh, Miguel Tejada Miguel Tejada traded for him like the day before that uh, report came out uh, we, found, we found out he was what like two or three years two older two years older I believe had you know originally stated oddly enough he was an all-star both, both years he was in Houston did you know that? yeah uh, who else did we throw money at? Kazuo Matsui Woody Williams <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and so you couldn't win that way because these guys were old they were breaking down they weren't Worth the money that they were being paid. I like to think that a baseball team, just think of it as a cake. The the miners, the young kids you're bringing up, that's your ingredients. That's your flour. That's your eggs. That's your that's your salt. That's your sugar. You're mixing all that up. All the free agents, that's your icing that you put on top of the cake. And for the past, you know, when Drake was in charge for his past three or four years, all we had was icing, no cake. Yeah. And, and what that front office is doing right now, they've gotten rid of that, and they're basically starting from the... They're making a dry cake. Yeah, they're starting their cake from scratch. They went out and got their eggs, they went out and got their sugar, they went out and got their everything, and just putting it together, and, you know, the free agents will come, but still probably going to be another year or two away. Yeah, and... Cake, 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 Stop cake. Stop saying cake. <laughs> Um, cake, cake, cake. We just ate pizza. You should not be hungry right now. <laughs> uh, but and really, if you think about it, you're trying this youth movement as much as you you the fans would like for them to go out and get at least you know a marquee free agent or attempt going after that kind of guy. Uh-huh. You know that takes a spot away from someone you're trying to develop and trying to bring along uh, as part of your your future. You know 
plans. And the last thing you need is to go out there and spend money on a guy who turns into BJ Upton or Dan Ugla. Right. He's or Justin Upton. Justin Upton's been better than BJ. I guess. Marginally, but... He was like the hottest hitter alive the beginning of last year. Remember? Well, that was last year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still doesn't compare to BJ up there. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, and you, you really can't you, – you, you really can't uh, progress that way if you're going to take, take up that spot. Um, I mean, what was going to happen if we went and got a right fielder instead of bringing up Springer? It would be another year of waiting on Springer or shuffling around. The Technically, we did that. We went out and got Dexter Fowler. Yeah, because he should he I mean he should be our center fielder. No, Mariznick should be our center fielder. He has the best range of all three of the guys. Mm-hmm. Fowler should be in left, Mariznick in center, and um, Springer should be in right because he has the best arm. Right. So there you go. I mean, you brought in Fowler, who you know is still young enough, and he's not. He's 28, uh, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be here for, you know, maybe another year or two before they, you know, trade him or, or cut ties with him somehow. Uh, Retracing coming up right. next year after the next season, I believe. The only free agent that I think that, you know, we should have gone after or, or no, we did go after, but we should have made a, a stronger push for was, obvi- you know, obviously Jose Abreu because he's, you know, having a monster year. And can you imagine how how many more home runs he would hit this season with that team? Oh, I thought you'd go with uh, Tanaka, but okay. Sure, we'll go with Abreu. I don't think they were that heavily into Abreu because I think they have a lot of faith in Singleton even after this year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, I mean, so it, it all goes back to pre-Jim Crane where you're throwing money at all these guys and you weren't winning, and you were pissing off fans because you were throwing all this money to these old guys. Yeah. When you couldn't go out and get uh, a, a, a top, you know, number one type free agent. So now we're at the point where we're not doing that anymore. We're trying to rebuild, and it's pissing people off again. So you really can't win. Doesn't <laughs> at, at this point it doesn't matter who's the owner mm-hmm. um, or who's writing for the papers. Um, but you know what? As change? long as the same fans are still in town, it's going to be the, you know the same complaints. Whether you're uh, doing it old school or or going completely, uh, you know, off the rails or in, in, a, in a different direction at least. Well, you know what will change all that? Winning, winning cures everything. When you start winning, people don't care how you did it. If the Astros like the Sports Illustrated article, if they win the World Series in 2017, you think anybody's going to give a damn <laughs> about the uh, having the worst record well, three, four years in a row? No. No, I'm sure there's going to be that one guy so he can combat with you, but that's about it. Mm. I'll take him out in 2007. <laughs> um, yeah, 2017. <laughs> I went back in time apparently back took him out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right, we're like at 36 minutes in. We're longer than I thought we would. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always good to talk about the home team, especially if, or especially when the future is looking bright. Uh, you know, it, it gives us uh, more to look forward to, and, and that's a good thing. All right, so we're going to do a podcast about the Texans, get back into football. Uh, 
we were going to do one about every game, but then, you know, life got in the way. <laughs> yeah. So how about we just do one every four games to do a quarterly update? Sure. So our next one will be after this game on Sunday. Who do they take on Sunday? Do you know? They play Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Right. So we'll record. Definitely for sure have another podcast. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, Monday. Probably do it Monday and put it out on Tuesday. Uh, agree? Sounds good to me. We're planning here, people. (laughs) All right. Anything else you'd like to say to our lovely audience? As always, thanks again for uh, tuning in. Uh, We're back. We're glad to be back, and we hope you uh, stick around for the for the ride. Yes. More columns coming soon, especially from this one. And thank you for all the people who, you know, share our website, share my column. That's that's our most viewed uh, (laughs) uh, post we've had. Um, really just want to thank you guys for sharing and enjoying it. You really make all this worthwhile. All right. So for Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Later, babies.